Welcome to the Extra Podcast, a production of Northview Community Church in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Your hosts, Jeff, Ezra, and Thalia, will be discussing the Bible, relevant issues, and current events each week. At Northview, we love to study God's Word and discuss how it applies to our lives, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So feel free to laugh with us and at us as we try to challenge and encourage you in your faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Extra Podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I'm joined by Jeff. Hi, Thalia. Our lead pastor at Northview, and Josh Amazonas. Hello. Josh is our producer here, and Josh, you have like the best last name. Like it's on my top ten of best last names. Thanks, yeah. that's really cool. What are the other ones on your top ten? Well, Swatsky's pretty good. Yeah, it it's works. Pretty good. Amazonas, yeah. Swatsky. What else? You like the long, detailed ones. The Greek last names are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're always. Well, see, I grew up with the last name Taves, which looks mm. like toes. So then you add Thalia, which is complicated to toes, which oh, brutal. So when we so got... that's not on your top ten. No. Mm. So when we got engaged, I told Mark, I said, I don't know if I can take your last name <laughs> just to mess with him. <laughs> he was so upset. <laughs> so we had to work through that. But I knew all the way along, I'm ditching my last name. Mm. I'm taking Sawatsky. I no have a friend what. named Brian Hurlbutt. Oh, yeah. That's What's, bad. Is that a good one? That's is that in your top 10? Top 10 worst. <laughs> wow. Poor guy. He should have changed it to Hurley. Oh. Fair like fair the brand name. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. That, that, you can tell hurts. him. Yeah. Okay, okay, I will. Yeah. I'll tell him that one of the pastors of our church has mocked his last name. See, so we already got started <laughs> on my question of the day, which is pet peeves. Mm-hmm. So just to get us warmed up, let's continue with pet peeves. Tell you people who know me well know not to ask that question. <laughs> and I know you well. I have which a is why list, laundry list. For, okay. Here's my pet peeve for, okay. for, the, for today. Yeah. You already heard one already, which I will not bring up because we did it before we made this podcast. This podcast. And is... we'll do another podcast on Jeff's pet peeve that he recorded before okay. this one. And I told him no. <laughs> so here's my here's my pet peeve. Four words. Yep. ICBC. Mm. That's my pet peeve. Relating to the people. Honest to goodness. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't understand. Do you have I don't a understand with ICBC? Social... No, I don't understand socialism. I think it's silly. I think it's silly that you are somehow providing car insurance. To everybody in the <laughs> province, why not let the market determine this? Mm. So now, because Josh can't drive, I have my rates have to go way up, right. so that because we all have to guarantee his insurance. Maybe we shouldn't guarantee Josh's insurance. No. <laughs> Maybe Josh shouldn't be driving. Maybe he should be paying a thousand dollars a month if he wants to drive on my intern salary. Yeah, totally. Here we go. <laughs> but the rest of us don't need to do that. And what ha- what's wrong with a little bit of competition? For goodness' sake, I've yeah. lived seriously. I've lived mm-hmm. in I don't know how many different states and how many different countries. And it's this expensive. is the worst. Yeah, it's really expensive. Even... And then they ask you the same questions whenever you like. I whenever I renew it, I say, yeah, nothing's changed. Uh-huh. Uh, are you sure? Like what? <laughs> What? I'm not in the... I'm not on trial. Yes, I'm sure. That's Are you hard. sure? Is it sure? Is it pleasure use or is it business use? Oh, you yeah. know, we define pleasure by this. You know, like, what? stop it. That's funny. Okay, give us another one, Jeff. No, that's enough. Mm. Okay, Josh? I just... Honestly, I'm going to get... I we're applying for Canadian citizenship, and now probably that just torpedoed the whole thing right there. Because <laughs> don't, don't I said it. something about ICBC. Actually, don't tell anyone this podcast. Actually, I think... That it's a sign that you are a Canadian citizen if you hate ICBC, yeah, right? It's true. Like even people aren't. Who do I you know, know who likes ICBC? ICBC? Well, British Columbia. That's Columbian, all I know. Right. I, I've not even had people. Do you, I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, ICBC. The people who work for them are like, yeah, it they're sucks. horrible. Yeah. It's the worst ever. Okay, Josh. Um, I would say just because we're coming out of winter, I hate specifically that people drive faster in the snow. 
because they're like panicky. <laughs> that like gets me every time. What are you open. doing? Just go a little bit slower. Yeah, we should insure them. Yeah, I don't exactly. like 50 kilometers an hour on Downs Road. Mm. We we're teaching our kids to drive, and Mark and I would have this argument every day. Mark's like, they have to follow the speed limit. Yeah. Like, 50 on Downs is driving me crazy. Do you see the list of people who yeah. are the cars behind us because like my kid's all driving? Of, all the police officers who are listening to <laughs> note that Bailey does not like riding, driving the speed limit on Downs Road. I know. So. Seriously, I, I break Her the law too often. It is, it is one of the places in Abbotsford, though, that if you're going to set up a speed trap, it's the, mm. it's the spot. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, especially down when you go down the hill there, there's yeah. no, I mean, I. All the kids going to school, all the moms yeah. getting them there. Yeah, all the late people. The MEI traffic. Totally. Honestly, yeah. you could just you could make your. Don't they have like quotas for the cops? I don't know if they uh-huh. do, but you could make your quotas just on that road there in an go. afternoon after MEI. Mm-hmm. I better start driving. I'll <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> screaming in the car. This. I've is wanted too slow. to. I've wanted to at times put one of those radar things up. You know, like the speed radars near yeah. our window here. Oh, wouldn't that be funny? Because you could get the the. But then I thought I'd get cancer in the head or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. Any more uh-huh. pet peeves? Oh, I got a lot. Okay. But you know what? It's not time for for that. Okay. <laughs> Next time then. That's its own thing. <laughs> okay. So this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, Jeff. We're going to do behind the scenes with Jeff. All kinds of questions that people want to know. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh put together a list with the young adults, I think, right? Yeah. And then I added to it some of the things that uh, I know that people want to know. By the young adults, you mean like him and... No, like one two other people. Like, <laughs> no, there's like there's ask. like twenty people. Uh-huh. Yeah. So first of all, some fun facts. Jeff, tell us some of your worst foods. Oh, broccoli, cauliflower, uh, peas, cooked peas. I can eat the the, the one you know in the bean kind yeah. of peas, uh-huh. snap peas, really yeah. colors, but yeah. they have to be raw. Uh-huh. If you cook vegetables, you've ruined them. <laughs> I don't like the only. I think I can do uh, carrots. No, that's ridiculous. Why would you cook a carrot? No cooked vegetables? <laughs> no, they're disgusting. Like, well, unless you put it in like Steamed? a pot pot pie. You put it in a pot pie and I'll be all right with okay, that. Okay, with some good flavoring around Yeah, it. but you got to soak that thing in gravy. <laughs> oh, that's man. funny. But no kidding. Jeannie asked me the other day, my wife asked me the other day, do you unlike all these people eating this, like, ca- they're substituting cauliflower for rice? And I oh, said, yeah, why yeah. would I do this? Yeah. This is absurd. This is a dumb idea. Well, it's supposed to be healthy for you. Yeah, but it's cauliflower. And it's rice. It's so not she, like so she that made, bad. So she made something with the cauliflower base. Yeah, and she yeah. said, you try it. And I tasted it. And I said, yeah, okay. I don't want to throw it up. That's, But at the same time, it still tastes a little like cauliflower. And my wife, she leaves cauliflower in our, our refrigerator and it, too long. And it stinks <laughs> everything up. Yeah, it does. This should be, and have you ever eaten anything with broccoli that doesn't taste like broccoli? They always say, no, no, put enough cheese on it. And it won't take like taste like broccoli. At which point I want to say, then why eat the broccoli <laughs> yeah. if I don't want it to taste like broccoli? Okay, so what about salads? That is funny. No, I can eat salad. A lot of salads. Very happy. Can you put like carrots and broccoli in the salad? No. <laughs> yes, carrots, as long as they're not cooked. Shredded. You you don't need so to know. Raw. raw carrots, cucumbers, yeah. peppers. Happy with all that. Okay. But there's no reason for you to That's put fine. these these root vegetables <laughs> in in things like that. Come on. So what do you listen to in your car? You drive around by yourself. Uh, I will listen to a, a, quite a bit of podcasts, okay. and I listen to a lot of sports. Podcasts for fun or podcasts for learning? Uh, mostly sports, and I listen to some uh, theology podcasts. And uh, in, in my better moments, I will listen to the ESV uh, as it's read. Yeah. But I will listen to a lot of a lot of 
different kinds of podcasts. I probably have eight or nine podcasts that I listen to. But are these ones that you're kind of trying to discern if they're good or you think they're good and they're you're following? No, no. Them? I just some of them, I I enjoy them, okay. and then other ones I yeah they're they're okay. Okay. Do you want to throw out like maybe one or two good theology podcasts? Ooh, a theology podcast. Uh, well, some of the ones that I listen to, I wouldn't say are are good. They're actually <laughs> okay. trash. Not but those ones. I listen then. to them because I think they're I, I because they do cover some some stuff that I I just don't I'm not. Well, you need to know about for your work. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, White Horse Inn's always been a really good podcast. Years, I mean, that's Mike Horton and uh, his guys mm-hmm. are. They do a really good job. Have done it for a lot of years. You know, Gospel Coalition's got a pretty decent podcast yeah. that they that they put together. Um, somebody recommended the Happy Rant the other day. Uh, it's <laughs> Daniel <okay>. Martin. <laughs> it's okay. It's not great. Okay. It's. I mean, it's like us. It's like this. People <laughs> listening to me talk about stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the, some of the stuff's just silly. Although they do make some good jokes about uh, about Christian subculture and all that kind of thing. What about mm-hmm. music? Do you listen to music? I do. Uh-huh. I have a playlist. It's called Dad's Funky Fresh Mix. <laughs> Spotify or Apple Music? Apple Music, but okay. only because the fa- that you can listen. Uh, when we got Apple Music, you could listen to different. Um, you could listen on different devices at the same time. Where mm-hmm. Spotify, when we got it, wouldn't do that. So right. we went with Apple Music, and now we just we stick with it. So you wouldn't have a lot of free time being the leader of a church and a family. A ton of free time. But if you do have free time, <laughs> what fa- do you like to do? Well, into this winter, I, I've started to play Fallout 4 again. Nice. Which is what? It's a video game okay. about post-apocalyptic uh, Boston. Is this zombies I've played it several and aliens? Times. And what is this? Yeah, it's it's all that. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel connected to it because your family's from Boston? I do actually. Nice. When I first when I first started playing it, it was funny because I've been to Boston lots of times, and I'm like, oh, this is funny. You know where the different places are. <laughs> yeah. And, but I I I I enjoy a good video game, but mm-hmm. it has to be a kind of free roam type thing. Okay. I played some sports video games before. Yeah. But yeah, lately it's been I've been like playing way too much of the Fallout. Okay. But my kids got me the what they call the DLCs, the downloadable content on those, and oh, yeah. so uh, they're two, like gamer. two extra. <laughs> they're like two extra whole worlds that you can enjoy. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. What else? Uh, what do you mean? What else do you like to do in your free time? I ride my I uh, I, I ride uh, my bike, mm-hmm. although lately not because my knee and uh, all of that and the weather's been horrible. Mm-hmm. Even though I have it on the trainer, but I hate the trainer. Yeah. Um. Uh. A lot of time spent following my kids around with sports, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, most of my free time is spent doing stuff with my kids. Yeah. Um, Yelling at referees. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, my son didn't play basketball this year. I only really, it's only basketball that I really get fired up at. Okay. And yeah. it's because I grew up playing and I coached it and I, I officiated it. Okay. Mm. And so I, I struggle with, with all of that. Not, the, not the coaching so much, because I understand why a coach would do what they, what they do. I just, I don't think the officiating that I have witnessed has been up to the mark at times, and I have at times let them know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, now, listen, you need to understand something about America. You know Americans are brash and loud and stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. But we really are that way when we get into a gym with, with sports. So if you go down to the U.S. and you watch, say, a baseball game, which is not in a gym, of course, on a field, but if you go and watch a baseball game, a high school baseball game, the parents are just killing the refs, like the umpire. They are just killing them. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Moral indignation. Like it just—it's outrageous. And they'll <laughs> the whole game. Nobody will get kicked out. And it's just part of the game. I mean, as long as you're not saying something that's like 
really harsh or mean or crosses any lines, and most people don't, but they disagree with the call, and they say that. Mm. Um, So that's the culture I grew up in. So even as a coach, when I used to coach basketball, if the official was saying something, was making calls that I didn't like, I would tell him so. That's absurd. You know, you need to knock that off. You're better than this. You know you're better. I knew the names of the guys. Come on. I went to school with a lot of them. Yeah. Right? Come on. How did you learn that? We used to play basketball. You, used to do, you do that all the time when you play basketball, and you say it's not a foul, but now when it's not. So you can say this sort of stuff, and they laugh along with you, and sometimes they just say, man, just stop it. You're just mouthing off. You know, like there's a conversational yeah. thing going on. My experience here has not been that way. No. That you're expected actually to sit in the stands and mm-hmm. say nothing, and so so I, my only defense for myself is it's been a bit of a cultural challenge. Mm. So so I've tried to adapt to Canadian ways, which is sit silently and occasionally say "yay" for our team, <laughs> not or, too loud, good try yeah, yeah. or yeah. stuff like that. And so I've I've gotten better as time's gone on. Yeah. Um, with, with that, this year my son's not. My kids is aren't playing basketball. Part of your sanctification is my that kids aren't playing basketball anymore. So I like I'm not really that involved in in that kind of thing. But like you have to understand, it's it's almost like if you had, for your whole life, been, you know, doing a particular thing in a particular venue mm-hmm. and thinking there's nothing wrong with it, and then all of a sudden you 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 go into a new place like yeah. here, and all the rules, kind of the expectations culturally yeah. are different. That you're like, oh, I, I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Because the people next to you are like, why, why are you saying, you know, like, why, what, what am I not supposed to say anything? Like, I've sat next to people before, and they've kind of freaked out, like, wow, you're so embarrassing. I'm like, <laughs> but I, I overplay it. I, I'm not really very loud. Yeah. But I've used all sorts of resources to try to not do it. I, I'll wear headphones and, and, like, listen to music loudly, so I can't. <laughs> That's but, funny. but in order to, there are some things you can't not see. Yeah. Right, so like it's you're true. like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so Did you ever have any like sport dreams as a kid? Was like sports ever an option? Oh yeah, yeah. I grew up playing all sorts of yeah. at all sports, sorts of sports. College yeah. level ever? Oh no, no, okay. no. I played tennis. I was actually a bit of a tennis champion. Twelve years old. Mm-hmm. I was like a yeah. I won several tournaments and was Protégé. involved in all that kind of stuff. But then so he found tell us God. a little bit about your early years, being from the states. I was born a. Born a small white child, and uh, <laughs> what do you know? Where are you in the, in the birth area? order? What? What? How many siblings? Well, I think I'm probably like eighteen billion seven hundred and seven. I don't know where the. Oh, you mean in my family? <laughs> your oh, family. Okay. Yeah. Come on, Jeff. Work with me here. People want to know about your early years. I'm the. I'm the youngest. Okay. Yeah. The baby of the family. I am two older sisters. Yeah, one one year older than me. She was mm-hmm. adopted, and one six years older than me. Okay. Hmm. So what kind of activities did you have to do as a kid that were good? And had, which did you have to do and that you hated? Well, I have to. I mean, you have to do some chores and stuff. That yeah, I didn't no, like. I mean like extracurricular activities. like Oh, going to, to see my sisters, or anything. Or like, no, I had yeah. to go and watch my sisters. She was really, they were both really into horses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I used to watch them like do their horse thing, when, which just so, I mean, if you'd not been involved in the horse thing, you watch them brush the horse. And then after they brush, after they brush the horse, they put like a bridle on the horse. And then after they put the bridle on the horse, they lead the horse out into an arena. Then they sit on the horse on different kinds of saddles, and then they lead the horse in a circle. Really exciting. Sometimes the horse speeds up when he's going in the circle, and sometimes he slows down. Mm. Wow. And and then they're judged based upon. Lord knows what. I don't know. 
You didn't but have to do horse things? At the end, somebody ends up coming out and saying, you were first, you were second. They give him a ribbon. Then they come back and and they brush the horse again. And then they go out shopping for like $1,000 sets. <laughs> Honestly, the whole thing. So I, listen, you if you're into horses, horses, I totally get. I, I do. I get that they're majestic animals, and 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 I understand. There are people I know who do barrel racing and all sorts of stuff like that, and even dressage. My sister was fantastic at this, like she was. She was. I think she but was why in a not national you? championship. Why didn't you have like to? Why didn't I have to ride them? Yeah, horses. Why didn't you have them. to? <laughs> you hated them. The horses and I had an agree and I had an agreement, yeah. <laughs> and that was I won't get on them yeah. if they don't defecate and your near par- me. And your parents didn't make you. No. Well, see, like I had to do piano no, lessons. No, my mom, right? my my mother was v- very uh, kind to me. Okay. She, she knew I hated the horses. Okay. And uh, so I would only have to go every once in a while to the horse shows. Mm-hmm. And we would watch the horses go around in circles and stuff. And it was just, honestly, those of you who have, you don't know how hard this was before cell phones. That's true. Like, there's nothing else to look at or smell. It's just the horses (laughs) going around in a circle. And you're like, yeah, you want to stab yourself in the eyes a few times. (laughs) That's funny. What else did you have to do as a kid? Um, Mowed the lawn. Uh, We we actually live in an acre of property in Issaquah, which is the east side of Seattle, kind of one of the places I lived in. I also lived in Redmond and Bellevue over there. But um, the blur, the, the property that we had was about an acre. So I had to mow the lawn on a riding lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I was not very good at it. You know, <laughs> I would leave big spots and stuff, and <laughs> my sisters would come along. My old, my sister, a year older than me, would come along. She'd have to fix all the stuff and get angry. <laughs> Why can't you drive straight? So. Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of animals. Okay. Because my sister's like, like the animals, we had dogs and cats and rabbits and gerbils and never any snakes or anything. My sister had birds at one point. Like if she, if you could, yeah, she could find it barely breathing on the side of the road. She'd bring it inside and recuperate it. Yeah. So give it a up, name. Did you grow up going to church? Yes. Uh, we did because everybody went to the church, went to church in the 1970s and the, in the 1980s in the yep. United States. So that's what you did if you wanted to be an upstanding citizen. Okay. But as far as like meaning it. Yeah, tell us about that church. Not really. Your, oh, we, your early say, church experience. When you say that church, there's... I, I remember lots of churches okay. that we would go to, uh, lots of different kinds of them. And so you then, didn't have like one well, that you were we kind would, of part of? We'd be part of one for like a year okay. and then go... When you say be part, and then finally, we were part of a church plant. Okay. Actually, a Presbyterian church plant. and uh, And then... Um, that was for a number of years, but I like I that was really when I was in junior high school, and it was not my cup of tea. Okay, at all, uh, yeah. <laughs> like church was not a thing I liked mm. at all. Uh, doesn't mean that I, was, I wasn't like my sister was going out doing all sorts of. My sister year older than me was going mm-hmm. out doing all sorts of crazy things, but I was not that. I wasn't that kid. I just, I just didn't dig it. I thought so it was you- sort of a waste. When you look back at those early years, like in your childhood and teenage years, when you look back, what kinds of things shaped you to be who you are now? People. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reason I'm, I came to faith in Christ was largely because I was involved at a camp that my sister uh, got involved in, kind of out of a series of weird providences. And then uh, I went to camp there, came to faith in Christ there, and went back every year. And But then I got in with... a. Uh, a guy who just he mentored me, he discipled me. Ken Hutcherson was his name in uh, the Seattle area, and 
just go to his house when I was in high school every Monday night. It was really when I came to faith in Christ. It was kind of late junior high. And I remember going to his house every Monday night for what he what they call the discipleship group. I'd go to the youth group, and then yeah. I'd go to the discipleship group on on Mondays. And I, my, my goal in the youth group was just to meet girls, right? <laughs> totally. Classic. And, yeah, classic. Well, and, and also to, you know, tell a couple jokes, get a few laughs, yeah. and then... Uh, I'm sure I was completely irritating. I think about people who are like me now and go, oh, Freddie. Freddie. Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, but then, you know, it, it took, like, I mean, I went to this discipleship group and the Lord got a hold of my heart and I was very much, very much engaged in, in that. And Hutch took me under his wing. Uh, there's a group of like, I don't know, six or seven of us. Most of us are in ministry today. So about three or four years in his house every Monday night. And so then when you went off to college, what did you study? Um, I was going to be pre-med. Wow. Um, and then I took calculus, and it, it happened at the same time. <laughs> well, That's the calculus classes happened at the same time as uh, my intramural football team uh, played. And so I, I chose, of course, football. Yeah. That's actually kind of a funny story. At the end, <laughs> the end of the, the term... I said to these two guys, I was living in the same dorm with them, and I said to them, they they were part of this calculus class, and they knew I had gone all term. And they said, so anyway, I picked up a book with the book, and I was like kind of going through it. And I went up to their room and said, hey, so this one part, um, here's what I got for the answer. And one of them said, yeah, that's right. And I said, so that's, I'm feeling, as I said, I'm feeling really good about the final. And the guy said, dude, that was like the thing we did the first week. Oh, Oof. shoot. I said, really? <laughs> he said, yeah, like that. There's like a lot more than that, oh, he no. said. And I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so I got to the I got to the final and there was Josh a bunch of questions. I think yeah. I said, told the story before. Yeah. Like I got to the final and there was, I remember there being a question about a train and yeah. distances and stuff like that. And I, there was like five questions and I didn't answer any. I drew a picture of a train on the back. Nice. And I handed it in. Partial I handed marks. it in about thirty minutes in because honestly, I went through the you know the four or five questions, wrote a few numbers down, and I was like, "There's no way I can do this." And it occurred to me at that moment, I'm going to fail this class. Um, so I drew a picture, and then I thought, "Well, I don't know why I'm sitting here waiting. I might yeah. as well just turn this in." Gave totally. it to the TA who was in the front, and he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he shook his head. <laughs> That's all he did. It's a he bad, just shook bad his drawing head. of a train. And I just shrugged. I was yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, it is what it is. What so I, I failed. So whenever I, I, you know, like when when first year college students don't do well in school, I I usually understand a little bit mm-hmm. about, about what, it. What was your perspective of your future after that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, w- I, you know, I was gonna. I thought I was gonna do, like I said, pre med, um, and then I stopped that, and I didn't really know what I was gonna. I actually transferred that from from the University of Washington to Western Washington University up in Bellingham. So I was in the Seattle area, and then. Mm-hmm in Bellingham, and um, that was a really good move for me. It was a smaller university, uh, still, I mean, still about 12,000 students, but it, it didn't feel like a city. Yeah. And so, and I got to know some guys who I lived with on a floor in my dorm who, all, you know, in God's providence, I was surrounded by Christian guys. Hmm. And um, we really became like brothers, and it was fant- it was fantastic. We lived together the next year. Or two years. The next year we lived on another floor, and the next following year we lived in a house together. Um, so at the time, I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to do. I just remember going when I went to Western. 
I remember thinking to myself, you know what, if I'm going to do this, the only way it's going to actually work is if I do something that interests me yeah. at this point. You know, in the States, yeah. you're, it's it, the expectation is you get a bachelor's degree. Right. So it doesn't really matter what you do it in. But so I, what I liked, I liked history and I, I, I was pretty good at communications. So uh, I started with a communications degree because everybody said, oh, that's the easiest one. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that one. <laughs> and then, I mean, I was... Sounds I, like most of the young adults we know. Yeah, <laughs> I, found, I, found it was, I, found, I found I was good at it. But then I started taking a couple history classes at a professor, uh, Leonard Helfgott, who was, a, in his own words, a Jewish atheist. <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant, but he was a great teacher, man. He was so good. And I loved his history classes. So I would sit into his class, and then I, there was a couple other guys, George Mars, a few other guys who I just started to love their classes and love history. And mm-hmm. so I found myself, all my electives were going to history. And so at the end of the, like almost when I was, I went in to see the counselor, like, what do I need left to graduate? And he said, well, dude, I have to be honest with you, you have an, all, all your stuff, you have history and you have communications, you have double major here. I was like, really? Nice. <laughs> okay. He said, you could, yeah. So I, I did that. And so that was my major, history and communications. And they're useless, both of them, right? Super they don't do useless. anything. Okay, yeah, but then you graduated with... Well, I do now, right? I had no <laughs> yeah. idea at the time that I was no. going to use them for a seminary, but like yeah. at the same time or for... So for, then where did this call to pastoral ministry come in here? My father-in-law, who was a pastor at the time, he, okay. I got a phone call because I married my wife uh, six months before I graduated. Okay. And now I graduated... Like, couple months before I was graduating, I didn't have a job, and I didn't know where I was going to go. I thought maybe I'd be in the U.S. Foreign Service, because I was like, oh, history and communications will work for that. You know, like being in a consulate somewhere. Mm. Didn't really want to do it. And my father-in-law, I remember where I was. I was, you know, I I, I was on a stairway, actually, at my, where my wife lived at the time, yeah. And he, he called me, and he said, so, do you want to be a youth guy, youth pastor? And I was like, he lived in Eastern Washington. It was in Eastern Washington State, like in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't got nothing else to do. <laughs> and uh, and he said, like, seriously, it's gonna, you know, the the youth youth ministry here is not. It's in the middle of nowhere. Church's not huge, but you know, there's there's some potential for for it. And and if we need just need somebody who's going to come out and at least be a good influence because the last guy was a hot mess. And I was like, yeah. So I went out and interviewed. My gosh, they interviewed me for hours, asking me every conceivable question. And at the end, they decided, no, oh, we'd like to give you the job. And they said, well, we'll pay you $22,800. And I, I was silent. And then I, I said, well, well, we'll have to think about that. And I went out to the car. My, my wife, Jeannie, was with me. I got in the car, and I said, we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> so jazzed. We're rich. I had never made anything like that before. Mm. And in those days, that wasn't very... By the way, don't get thinking, oh, back in those days, I was a billion dollars. No, no, no. It was trash. Mm. But you know what? It was great, and I was there, and what a lovely little church in the middle of nowhere, and I was there for two years. I actually ran out of stuff to say. That's actually what led me to the seminaries, because I was just realized... Uh, I loved I loved doing it. I loved... It was the... I'd worked a lot of places. I could tell you lots of stories about different stupid jobs that I've had. But this one was the one that I, I just felt like, this is great. I love this. Even though the church is irritating and yeah. 
political and and insular and weird and all sorts of stuff. I just the work was great. I loved talking to kids. I loved hanging out. We loved taking yeah. them water skiing. I loved going to baseball games with them. I loved yeah. just getting to know them. Loved teaching discipleship groups yeah. and so. Uh, yeah, that's how I ended up getting into it. And then I just went to seminary because I ran out of stuff to say. So let's jump to now a little bit. Mm. What's it like for you being pastor of Northview, large church? What's it like for you and your kids and Jeannie? Uh, lots of when people are you ask asking, that. what do you mean? What is it well, like? Well, a lot of people ask f- about you, and they'll say, what is it like for Jeff yeah. being the lead pastor yeah. of this church? What's that like for his wife? What's Unexpected that like for his Unexpected is kids? the answer to that question. Okay. Yeah. Tell us more. Uh, it's unexpected because I I never thought that I would ever be in this sort of role. Uh, first of all, I, like it, if if I were making decisions about who should be pastors and who should not, I would not have chosen me for that particular for that particular role. Mostly because I had, you know, I just thought pastors were people who had liked to wear khaki, and uh, <laughs> you did. do you know what I mean? And yeah. penny penny loafers and hold their coffee and say mm-hmm stuff like that and yeah. i'm just not that guy, as you well know now thalia i do well i'm pretty driven yep horribly opinionated yes josh yeah absolutely uh-huh. and um and very meek and mild and very i mean just very committed to care a lot about doctrine which i guess puts me in a really good category for that mm-hmm. but i always thought that i would end up being in a in the classroom mm-hmm. um so pastoral ministry has surprised me that okay. it's been something that I, I've ended up doing. Um, if you're asking the question, so I'm answering a question, what's it like to be a pastor? And for me, it's surprising to be a pastor. Yep. Um, I'm always surprised that people in the community, like one of the, one of the real challenges I have as a pastor is that uh, um, uh, pe- people here, for some reason, in, who've had church backgrounds, tend to treat you like you are um, different. Do you know? And mm-hmm. they'll say funny things the like, oh, the one. pastor's here. You know, yeah. like if you go to the baseball <laughs> yeah. game and stuff, oh, the pastor's yeah. here. If you're, you're, the, the if, pastor or if you're at, pray. or if you're at the basketball game and you're like, hey, ref, that sucked. You know, like that's yeah. horrible or whatever. They'll turn and go, that's the pastor. Uh-huh. Did you hear the pastor yeah. say? And you're Can like, well, actually, that? I actually kind of care about my kids' sports too. Is that allowed? <laughs> I'm allowed to do that? Because you get to yell and you get to be upset yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I care. And we don't say, the accountant is right. <laughs> so I find it hard sometimes to live like that, especially with stuff that I don't think is, you know, yeah. I, I don't think that it's uh, it's out of the ordinary or sinful mm-hmm. to care about my kids' sports or their mm-hmm. education or things like that. And so in the end, I find it a, a little bit off-putting. People always want to have you, you know, uh, they, they always want you to be the nicey-nicey type that's their picture of a pastor. Yeah. And as you well know, I'm just, I don't usually, I don't really fit that mold. This yeah. is why I, I'm saying that I'm not sure that, you know. Mm-hmm. So what do your kids I love about Northview? <laughs> yeah, you do a bit. What do your kids love about Northview? Um, well, they they love the church. That's something that my kid, whether it's Northview or wherever else, they love, that's one of the things I've, I've been very thankful mm-hmm. that my kids have caught the love that I have for the church, which, by the way, was not something that I had when I even when I began ministry. I remember riding in a car with a guy who was a pastor, and he said, what do you want to do when you get older? And I was a youth pastor at the time, so ah, I think I want to teach. Whatever I'm going to do, I don't want to be in a local church. Mm-hmm. And he said, why not? And I said, well, politics and blah, 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 all sorts of things. That I just, I'm not a local church guy. He said, well, Jesus is a local church guy. Yeah. And I was like, hey, wait hey. a minute, you. <laughs> but he was right. 
Yeah. And um, he, he and he told me when he was sitting in the front seat of the car, he was in the back seat. He said, "You know what? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that the Lord gives you a love for his his church." And uh, that man's prayer was answered yeah. because I, I love the, I love God's church. It's irritating and stinks, and I'm not a church guy, right? And there's lots of problems with the church, and we're all sinners. And the problem with a large church is that you have more sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing like it in on the planet. And uh, I would uh, there's not a lot of other things I'd give my life for. So, so I love it. My kids love it, and they've caught that from me and my wife. And Jeannie's a pastor's kid, and so she's already had kind of that DNA in her. Yeah. And so we love the church, and they love the church. Um, it's hard for them though, do you know? Because I, there's nowhere really in Abbotsford is what is it? I think it's 150,000 people. Um, there's no really where I can go in Abbotsford yeah. where I'm I'm not looked at. Um, and at first I thought, oh, Jeff, you're just being paranoid. And then I came to realize, no, 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 <laughs> no, you're not. Because, you know, the, our church is thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, our, our Christmas Eve services, what, last year we had seven and a half thousand people come through just on Christmas Eve? Something like that. And you think that that's not the same group who came the last year who had another 7,000 yeah. before, you know, so like there are probably you know, 30 or 40,000 people in the city who have seen me at one point or another doing something having to do with my work. Well, and never mind the other pastors or yeah. church ministry leaders from yeah. around town that so you the, connect with. The only people who I really, I think I identify with are the people who work at Costco. <laughs> because You know what I mean? Because there's Everybody this huge... But yeah, they do. Yeah. Like there's a big cross-section of people mm-hmm. who all go there and they all know the Costco people, yeah. but the Costco people don't know them. Yeah. Mm. So if they're in a place that's not Costco, the people will look at them like, what? I know you from somewhere. <laughs> this happens to me a lot. Yeah. You know, mm. co- going to Costco is weird because it, I've never gone to Costco in Abbotsford and not, not had seen three or four people um, who I know and then others who stare at me. And then, then I'm like, oh, I don't I kind of just nod or whatever at them and... Okay. You know what it's like, Mathilde. Mm-hmm. You face the same same totally. thing because you're part of a large church here totally. and stuff. I was just at lunch at my wife at Tim Hortons, and this lovely guy from our church came up and he talked to us for several minutes. So you, you just can't go. No. You have to go outside the town, right, to do that, which well, is okay because my wife and I are from you know from the states from Bellingham and stuff. Although I've been to Bellingham several times, it always seems to be Costco, and then people, are, hey <laughs> Jeff, because they're all shopping in Bellingham. Yeah, totally. There are some nights where I've said to Mark, "You can't make me get out of this house because if we go to Starbucks or something, I'm going to see somebody I know, and I don't want to talk to anyone tonight." Yeah. He's like, "But I want to get out of the house. I'm, I don't care." So go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. See ya. I'm, I'm not going. And I'm like, okay, if I go out of the house, I have to be ready because somebody will say, "Yeah." Hey, and there's some places. That, I mean, it's lovely. I mean, listen, I'm not complaining about that. I have well, no. A little bit. I, we can here. Well, no, I have no problem. I actually have no problem with it. I, I think it's delightful. I I actually like because I'm not really. One of the challenges that I have in, as a pastor of a large church is that I I actually like knowing the people that I'm speaking to. I mm-hmm. like to know their life situation. And I like to be connected to people. I love that about New Zealand. You know, we had 300 people in our church and I knew everybody. So I liked it. Um, so one but, of the challenges we'll, I'll bring up and uh, might be a little bit interesting for you is that people think that way when they see you on stage. They think that you're, you know, very dramatic and charismatic and you speak lively. Well, I kind of am. Yeah. But then right? they like, you see know you, me, Thalia. Totally. You spend time with me and if totally. like, you get to know me, I do. The, I, 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 I like I goof around a lot, mm-hmm. and I am pretty, pretty 
boisterous and stuff. I, what you if know they'd what? encounter you in the hallways no, or at Costco? They that... would think, whoa, that's different, and he's cold and aloof like and, I hate and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so tell Which us a little I, bit. I do hate them. Tell us a little um, bit no, about the difference between Jeff on stage no. and Jeff in the hallways. Why is there this difference? Tell us about that a little well, bit. Well, the answer is insecurity, probably. Or I, I just, you know. I tend to be, it's not insecurity. I'm just it's not, a, I'm just not massively gregarious person. Just if I don't know you, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah. if I feel comfortable with you though, and especially if you like, if you like to goof around like I do, we'll be mm. instant friends. Yeah. And so the peop- smaller groups like, yeah, and the, peop- the people who, who enjoy a little bit of ribbing or yeah. like to laugh at this or that, I mean, I find myself immediately drawn to and I end up. It, I, it's like if I go on a retreat or whatever, and I meet somebody, and yeah. you know I don't know them very well, but after the first meal, they're making fun of this or that about me or other things. I'm like, oh, we're gonna be buddies, <laughs> you know, just because. And and that's 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 what I'm like. I I enjoy being playful. So people expect that after the sermons, you might want to hang out in the hallway because that's sort of Ugh. typically thought of as what pastors do. It's hard for me. Right. So yeah. tell us about that. Why is it hard for what you? Why don't you choose to do that so often? Um, when I did do it in the past, because I have to preach several times on the weekend, uh, I found the third service, I actually was was men- mentally exhausted to the mm-hmm. point where I actually I was having a hard time remembering what I was doing. Yeah. So uh, that happened about three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And I decided early on that I have to, I can't, I had, there's something has to change. And so I looked across my life at the time and thought, what is the thing that is giving me, dragging my energy down so much? And it occurred to me that I, I'm, I am not really good with small talk. And so that's really what happens in the hallways. So um, because I'm not really good at it, I just made the decision that I'm, I can be a better use to people, to more people. If I preserve my energy and can preach clear, uh, edifying sermons and then save the small talk and discussions and chatter and stuff like that for other occasions, whether it's around town or in smaller group settings or at the men's ministry or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or at the leaders' breakfast, or all that kind of stuff. I'd rather, I'd rather do that. And I think that's really driven our value on having like um, a venue pastor, as we call them, somebody in that room who's there all the time as a consistent yeah. face, so that you don't have to answer the questions and dialogue. But somebody, you know, in the worship center, it might be Imran or Ron or Paul or whoever can yeah. talk with people in the hallways. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know, again, this is something something that people in smaller churches expect, who are from smaller churches. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, most all of us are, not just on staff, but most people here have not come from massive churches to this massive-sized church. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're all kind of new at this. Yeah. So in the end, we kind of have to figure out what works, but one of the things that's hard is if you come to Northview with an expectation that everything here is going to function like a like it would at a small church, and then I'm going to know the pastor like I'd know somebody, my pastor at the small church, it's just not realistic. Um. And I, I understand the desire. I, I also, it's just functionally yeah. impossible. And so uh, in the end, we have to figure out how we can best, uh, how we can best maximize the gifts of lots of different people. Totally. So what we try to do, like I, I'll get emails from people who will be saying like, hey, I'd love to get together and meet with you. And I'm, I, if I were really honest with them, I would say, you actually don't want to meet with me 
like I would I would love to get to when I was a young adults pastor here. I would, yeah, absolutely. I sit down with them. When I was you know, all the other times I've ever been in ministries. Like I yeah, absolutely. Let's get together. Now I'll listen and do counseling and yeah. weddings and funeral. I've done all that stuff. But if I say yes to that, it's going to have these effects. Number one, uh, it's going to keep me away from doing the things, yeah. the leadership stuff, because it's a large church, right? I have to yeah. be involved in lots of different leadership decisions regarding the church here, yes. the training of lots of different kinds of people, and the preparing of sermons, and the connection outside the church with our denomination and other pastors in the community, and trying to push forward an idea mm-hmm. of church planting and involvement, all, the, all those things. All of that's going to have to wait. Secondly, I'm also taking something significant from you, Thalia, mm-hmm. because you're better at that than I am. You're better in that room than I am. Well, that's my path. You are. That's and you're my mu- zone. You're much better across the table from somebody. Paul's better at it, and Vic's better at it, and several pastors are better at it. I can do it, but I'd rather have you there and me in the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> Because let's just play to our strengths. Yeah. And so in the end, uh, I would be taking... the gift of a large church? It is. You can play to your strengths. But in order to make sure that you have that Mm -hmm. job, I have to say no to things, which on the front end frustrates people. But our pastoral staff is so gifted and capable that when I talk to someone, they say, oh, I I contacted your office and you couldn't meet with me for a year, which is probably right. Uh, And my response... Bond says, yeah, you were fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, because ultimately the person that you met with, one of our pastors was a care pastor, or if you wanted had a missions idea, you know, like whatever, Ezra, whoever it is that you're meeting yeah. with is a better person for you to meet with than me. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to, believe me, it's not a matter of me wanting to not know you. I've actually wanted for years to, to host a young adult um, community group, which I still might, but Andy doesn't let me. <laughs> yeah, because you have a bit on your plate, but hey, Jeff. <laughs> no, but I'd love it. That's, sure that's you actually would. totally up There's my alley. There's lots of things you'd love. That's totally up my alley. I know, but I'm you can't do, do everything Josh, you I'm love. I'm doing it. Okay, perfect. I call dibs on being in it. So. Yeah, but no, like it, it. I'd loved it. We did it for years uh, when I was a young adult. I loved it. I loved yeah. doing leadership development, knowing all the people, and I actually think young adults are some of my favorite people in the world. Just because of how you know their whole lives are in front of them, mm-hmm. and they largely look like deer in headlights. It's great, and they and yeah, feel like it too. So, if someone wants to interact with you about something you've said in a sermon, what's the best way to do that? You can do it by email, um, or you can do it. Um, you can send a note here to the podcast, or actually, you can. I mean, we can interact over email. I I'm able to answer some. Uh, sometimes I hand those to some of our pastoral interns, which is yeah. really great practice for them interacting, right? Totally, with, yeah. With uh, theological questions and stuff. If it's a yeah. personal issue and stuff, I will read it and usually respond. But then, like, my, I kind of play quarterback. Me and mm-hmm. me and Val Bosch, who's uh, my my the executive assistant here, she she'll play quarterback. I mean, I'll read the stuff, and we will decide together. Okay, that needs to go. To Thalia, or that mm-hmm. needs to go to Vic, or that needs to go to Paul, or Kyle, or, or Andy, or whoever. Andy, whoever it is, who's going to be more capable of ha- of of having a longer term conversation yeah. about that than I than and I would. A little piece in there might be helpful for our listeners is that you don't actually get all your emails first. Val reads them all yeah. first, so that you are not swamped with things, and yeah. so that there's and some I, filtering. And I get a lot. You know, like I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of positive stuff on my email, but I also get a lot of really negative stuff mm-hmm. on my email. And so I just, as a general rule, I have, uh, we have a filter. Yeah. I used to get some emails on, on uh, Saturday nights and it would crush me mm-hmm. for Sunday. Yeah. And so in the end I thought, oh, that's not really helpful. 
Yeah. Like there are a group of people who give me significant feedback about my preaching yeah. and particular sermons. And if they think there's an issue, uh, they, and by the way, I'm not saying, Hey, just speak up. If you have an issue, I ask their opinion after it. Okay. Was that okay? Did I need to fix it? Do I need to change? There's like five or six people who yeah. I will ask those questions to. And then they will, they will give me significant feedback. If they say, oh, I don't think this part was really as helpful as it could be. Can you clarify that? Yeah. And I'll do work on that to make sure that it's better for the next, for the next time. That's good. So I don't, I'm also my worst critic. Like I wouldn't cross the street to hear me preach. <laughs> so in the end, I, I'm, yeah, I, I hear all the flaws. I think people would be surprised I, by that. Well, I hear all the flaws. Yeah. Sure. In, in all this stuff. Sure. And I, I chastise myself after the fact and say, you were not clear there or you, you know, that illustration wasn't quite as helpful as it should have been. But I spent a lot yeah. of time trying. Absolutely. But I, that's normal. Like, yeah. I do that, too. And I come out of a counseling session. I'm like, totally. oh, I uh, didn't explain that clearly. That. And I should have said that. Yeah. And I would have thought about this no, now. No, that's right. That's what oh. most people are like, though. If you're, if you, whatever employment you're in, mm-hmm. the thing that you, you find your joy in and the thing mm-hmm. you're good at, you tend to be very harsh with yourself when you don't do it as well as you, you think you should. Uh, yeah. So how can people support you and your family well, you at pray Northview? For, you can pray for us. Yeah, that's the biggest way. Yeah. You can pray for us. Also understand, I suppose, if there's anything I ever want people to understand is is that, um, it, you know, churches that, that, that grow like ours, oftentimes the people who um, have are in leadership uh, of them didn't expect this either. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's true. And so... Uh, like I can see how my gifts are suitable for a church, for a larger church. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the fishbowl feeling and the that all of that stuff that comes with it is not something that, you know, it's a providence in our lives that we didn't expect. And yeah. I'm in no way complaining about it because I thank God for what He's done mm-hmm. and and has done. And everybody's got challenges with whatever blessings the Lord brings along too, right? But also, it, it is it is nice though to know that some people do understand yeah. and and are gracious. And this is quite a, kind of my big preaching point for all of us. You know, most of the people in our lives, okay, need grace. Yeah. And I I mean need grace to be who they are. There are lots of things that they're doing that are not sin, right? Yep. But they just it's okay for them to be, to do that. Like I mean, the school debates and like yeah. it's okay. You you send your kids to the school you want, homeschool, private. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You do what you need to do, and you need to know that I'm on your side mm-hmm. with that decision. I believe that you know that's the best decision for you and your family. Yeah, there's it's, freedoms there. It's not my 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 thing. So in the mm-hmm. end, I just think that a lot of people are facing difficulties in their workplaces and challenges that I don't know anything about when when it comes to some of that. And for me to assume, well, why is it that they do this? Mm-hmm. Is is a bit arrogant on my part because I I don't I'm not walking in their shoes, and I don't know what it's like. And so in the end, you know, there's an old saying: there's you know, there's always another factor in someone else's case mm-hmm. about which you know nothing, and that's that's been helpful to me. Yeah. And I would like most of us to view that the church is at its best when we when we are serious about the serious things. But we have all sorts of freedoms for people who, who are in different states and challenges mm-hmm. and all sorts of things like that. So when we run into you at Costco or Starbucks, yeah, or you should a, say hi. Yeah, absolutely. How else do you like people to inter- interact with you? <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> Stay at a distance of five feet. 
and only use like I'm not the. You got a chance now. You I'm can not tell the Costco Nazi. Are you kidding? <laughs> but it can Stop look. It, it can no. look like it. Just no hug, top hug for Jeff. You. <laughs> hug Jeff as soon as you see him. No. <laughs> yeah, don't hug him. No. Just like any other person. I like to say, I like people say hi. I love it. I do think it's hard to remember everybody's name because you know, like if yeah. I meet somebody, you know this. Like mm-hmm. if you meet somebody. Want, you'll meet somebody once, and then you won't see them for eight months. Yeah. And you'll know their face. Yes. And you'll be like, oh, I, Where know, do I know, but you I from? don't know and... your yeah. name. So I find myself, I hate the fact that I have to say, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten your name. remind me yeah. of your name. Yeah. And I wish we could do that over and, and over then and like, over again. And then they're like, well, I... My name's so-and-so, and I shared this thing with you, and then it floods back to my memory. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's right. Yes. You did. Uh-huh. And how is such-and-such? Such? Yeah. Or sometimes I'll be halfway through a conversation, Yeah. and this happened. I mean, yeah. I, it, I'm embarrassed to say that several times around town, I've been in conversations with somebody, and I've been looking at them, and they were talking about an issue, and I'm like, this what sounds really name? familiar, <laughs> I know. this situation. And then halfway through the conversation, it's I almost have to hide it because I'm I like, know. it's like light comes on. I'm like, oh, I remember <laughs> everything about this. I know. And I know who, you, yes, yes, and you, and but you can't say that out loud. No. Oh, this whole time before this, I've been <laughs> faking it. I know. You and now to, I figured There's it like a line that you cross. You have to introduce yourself like at the beginning. If you cross that line and you haven't done that, yeah. there's a point where you can't ask for their yeah. name. Yeah. Like it's really and hard. And again, it's not it's a function of my of the of the of the work and mm-hmm. in the same way it's a function of the of like somebody who's at Costco or somebody who's kind of in a more public who's seen by lots of different people yeah it's just a function of that and so in the end it's just it's helpful for i do that now with people either in ministry or or in uh yeah, I've done that with some people who work at Costco before or at the border. Yeah, there's a guy totally. at the border that's like, you probably don't remember me. I'm Jeff. You know, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, because <laughs> totally. they, I see you every time when we go across the border, but you don't, you, you know, you don't remember the individuals no. who are coming through. Josh, we're gonna have to schedule part two with Jeff because mm. I've got more questions that didn't yeah. get answered today. So yeah, I got some good seminary questions uh-huh. for you. So. so next time, Jeff. Well, actually, not next time. Probably in a few weeks or something like that. Maybe yeah. in the spring. I don't know. At some point, we're gonna do part two with Jeff. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening today.